2: Last night, the Lakers lost to the Toronto Raptors. LeBron James has been back for two games, but he left last night's game in the fourth quarter with a sore ankle. Uh, That is the extent of the information so far about LeBron James' injury. Uh, But with the loss, the Lakers fell to the seventh seed. And as the seventh seed in the playoffs, they would have to play in the play-in round. LeBron James last night, when asked about it, said, "Whoever came up with that bleep needs to be fired." Man. So, Ed, are you ready for the Lakers to play in the play-in
1: round of the NBA playoffs? Absolutely, absolutely. It'd be hilarious, especially now, especially now that we know how how he feels about it. This would even be greater uh, drama if he's like pissed about it and still talking about it. It's like you know what? Eh, arguably greatest player of all time. He's certainly up there. You know, just play on. You're the one. You know, you've been hurt. Uh, obviously, you know, no one likes to see that But you've been hurt, you've been out Your team hasn't done well without you But to come back and start ripping the people who came up with this seven, You know, the play-in <laughs> game look, A bit of a whiner here at this point for that stuff I mean, just show up and play I don't think, well, he's hurt again, so who knows And there's only a couple weeks left um, So, I mean, they might far, fall further down I mean, uh, with him out, if, he, if the ankle keeps him out So, I guess better case not They're going to probably be in the play-in round Unless he comes back and is really good, right?
2: Well, right, so right now the Mavericks, Blazers, and Lakers are all tied with the same record for five, six, and seven, and the Lakers would lose that tiebreaker right now. So if they just, if they just beat out one of the Mavs or Blazers over the last eight games of the season, they're not going to be in the play-in round. It's probably going to be hard for them to fall past seven because the Grizzlies are three and a half back of the Lakers, and with only eight games left, that's, that's a lot to make up. So seven seems to be sort of the bottom here. What's interesting, though, is A, we have heard two teams come out and say the play-in game is a bunch of crap, the Mavericks and the Lakers. Both teams only did it when they fell to the seventh seed yes. in the yeah. Western Conference. Like yeah. the, like LeBron didn't complain about this early in the year. Luca and Mark Cuban didn't complain about it earlier in the year. It wasn't until, oh, crap, we're in the seventh seed. We might have to go to the play-in game to get to the real playoffs that either one complained. But the other part of this, <clears throat> the way the play-in is set up, if it happened right now, the Lakers would play the Grizzlies in a game, and the winner of that game would be the 7th seed. So all you have to do is win one game and you're the 7th seed. The loser would then play the winner of the Warriors and Spurs, and the loser of that game would be out, the winner would be the 8th seed. So if you're the 7th seed, which it seems to be where the farthest Lakers could fall, all you have to do is win one of two games against the Grizzlies, Warriors or Spurs and you're in the playoffs. No doubt about it. Like it's not going to be that hard for the Lakers to win one of those two games and get into the actual playoffs. Like they're not actually going to miss the real playoffs if they're fully healthy even if they end up in the 7th seed in the play-in round.
1: Would you want to see this because it has every chance of happening. 4-5 Clippers Lakers
2: Um, yes, I am on board for Clippers Lakers. Um, and it also, it also would give a legitimate chance for the Suns or Jazz to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yes. Yes. Because it, like, for example, if the Lakers end up in the sixth seed, then your Western Conference Finals could end up being Clippers Lakers because they'd be on opposite sides of the bracket. Uh, but it would, I mean, the Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets have all had a phenomenal season. And it, you know, I, I'm okay with seeing one of those teams rewarded with a trip to the Western Conference Finals. I know the Nuggets were there last year, but rewarded with a trip to the Western Conference Finals instead of getting steamrolled by a six seed Lakers who are now fully healthy with the best duo in yes. the NBA and just happened to fall because everybody got hurt during the regular season. That's crafty wording right there. I give <laughs> you credit. The Bucks beat the Nets one seventeen to one fourteen last night. Giannis had to 49. Durant had 42. Nets still did not have James Harden, so still not at full strength, so I don't know if you take a whole lot away from that game, but I will tell you one thing from that game. I don't know if the Nets can guard Giannis. I mean, most people can't guard Giannis, but late in that game, the Nets had Blake Griffin guarding Giannis. Like They don't have Anyone on that team that's even remotely close to a good matchup defensively for Giannis. Now, once you get to the playoffs, I'm sure they'll do what a lot of teams have done, and then you collapse the paint, you help a lot more and force Giannis to kick it out and force other guys to knock down shots. But most teams that beat the Bucks have a better defender than Blake Griffin guarding Giannis. And if that's their plan, I know the Nets are here to outscore everybody. You might not be able to outscore Giannis getting a layup on every single possession.
1: Well, and I not that he'd guard him, but Harden coming back, they're not going to be you know incredibly better on that side. So, um, yeah, I don't, who can't? I mean, for the entire time, you tell me, I haven't paid that close attention, but a lot of the Nets games are one thirty to one twenty something. I mean, aren't they just going to have to outscore somebody whoever they play? Yeah,
2: and, and it is. Yeah, absolutely. the The key though is that the. The Nets normally get more efficient shots than their opponent because they've got great isolation scorers in Kevin Durant. But if you just give up layup after layup after layup, that's more efficient than anything the Nets are going to do. If if Giannis can essentially do what he did last night and just, yeah, you're going to guard me with Blake Griffin, yeah, this is no problem for me. So that's the issue is, okay, how do you – you're going to have to stop Giannis from getting layups and Blake Griffin is is
1: not going to be the answer to that problem. Yeah, that's a – just the word you had me a Blake Griffin you didn't even need to finish the same the same sentence that Blake Griffin's guarding you know one of the best players world I stopped the sentence at that point if he's if he's actually doing that
3: I mean I'm more genuinely surprised he didn't foul out
2: (laughs) what do you think Jesus Lizardo broke his finger playing a video game he's a hero is a pitcher for the Oakland A's uh, over the weekend, he apparently was playing a video game, uh, bumped his finger on a desk while playing. Uh, they checked it, and this was before he started the game. They checked it out and said, all right, you're fine to start the game. He pitched three innings, gave up six runs. And then they did an x-ray after the game. Oh, he broke a finger, and now he's on the IL.
1: I mean, how many innings did he pitch? Sick? He gave up three innings, six runs with a broken finger? Yes. Uh... All right. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I still am trying to figure out in my mind how he broke his finger hitting it on a desk. I mean, you'd have to really whack your finger to break it hitting it on a desk. Um, but
2: here's, yeah, here's, I mean, here's what I'm guessing on that, Ed. Um, as somebody who quit video games because I got mad while playing video games, he punched something.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is what
1: happened. I mean, maybe it's not what happened, but dear God, that's probably what happened. I wonder, I once did that for a completely different reason punched a wall and got one of those boxers fractures, and I could see that. Um, but I never played video games, so I don't know if I – it could be, though, like my video game version is watching the Dodgers lose. Like I'm surprised I haven't broken every limb <laughs> in my body. Like I'm surprised like, I haven't had legs broken like, you know, been in traction and had all kinds of, like, finger issues, punching stuff. So I can kind of de- – I can kind of, like, realize what this guy's going through and getting mad at something. Uh, but I also don't know – if he's if he reacts to video games that way, if you know, maybe maybe on your off day or your throw day play video games. Right. I don't know if you exactly. should be playing like an hour before you're supposed to pitch. <laughs>
3: this is well the thing that I enjoy about this is this is probably the best like at least it isn't Rich Hall or whatever getting uh blisters. <laughs> like hey, what 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 what's going on with you? Well when I pitch I get blisters and that makes it where I can't pitch anymore. <laughs> what?
2: next question peyton krebs has been placed on the golden knights taxi squad all right ed do we think they're actually going to play peyton krebs their their recent first round pick he's uh has not played in the nhl he was with the team in the bubble in the playoffs last year do we think he'd actually play at some point before the regular season ends or even in the playoffs
1: well it Guys keep getting hurt, maybe. And the other thing is, and here's the thing. That was actually a really important win the other night, because if not, it would have been cut to two points, and then you're like, uh-oh, uh, given we all had them winning it. Uh, heck, I had them hanging the banner after the last home win. so I'm like, oh, that wouldn't be good. But, yeah, I mean, if you think, you know, you're okay in that sense because you don't want to drop below the one and you got all these guys hurt, I mean, what would be the worst thing in the world? Taking a look at them, right? I mean, I, I they, we're going to talk about their roster coming up, but – Am I going to be shocked if they kind of um, go from taxi squad and slide them into the slide them into the lineup a few nights? I don't think I'd be shocked. And if you are, you know, if you are, if you do have all these injuries and you're a little worried about that, wouldn't you take a look at them?
2: Absolutely. And I, I think it's it's something worthwhile that they should do. Why not? Uh, given that they don't have great center depth at the moment and that you haven't really gotten the production you thought you're going to get out of Cody Glass. Uh, and you need at some point as an organization, you need guys that are not getting paid much to produce. Like Zach Whitecloud's been a great piece for this team the last two years because he doesn't get paid a million dollars, and he's been a very good defenseman. They need that somewhere with the forward lines too. Like they need somebody that's not making a whole lot of money to produce. It wasn't Cody Glass. Maybe it is Peyton Krebs. Maybe Peyton Krebs sort of takes over as like he's the he's the heir apparent as a top six center yeah. instead of Cody Glass. Man, you know, that's a great question. Manchester United fans stormed the field at Old Trafford uh, about two hours before Liverpool and Man United were supposed to play on Sunday. That game ended up getting postponed. Manchester United fans want the owners of the team, the Glazer family, to sell the team. This is, I mean, the European Super League sort of ignited this, but this is not about the European Super League anymore anymore. They simply want their owners out. They want their owner to sell the team so much so that they were protesting outside the stadium. and some of those protesters broke into the stadium
1: and stormed the field, ultimately getting the game postponed. Don't you love fans uh, across the sea and in UK and everywhere that they actually storm fields? Like here it's like, yeah, you know you get a couple people like having some signs out front and like you know, being mad in social media. Back there, over there, they just storm fields. Like, I think that's absolutely hilarious that thanks for the security here while these people storm the field. um, I don't know if the Glazers are going to sell. This is obviously a very rich adventure for them, and uh, they're very, you know, wealthy people. I don't know just if you have some fans storming the field, because here's the other thing. They might storm the field, but the only thing the Glazers, you know, would ever worry about is losing money. Are these people not going to still support Man U? Like, I don't believe that. So if they are not losing money over this, you just have a bunch of mad, mad fans. I don't know if that would cause me to sell the team if I'm the Glazer fan.
2: That's
1: yeah. I don't. I don't think they will. Th-
3: that's the market difference that I'm seeing here. Is that they're at least smart enough to yell at the owners. We're here, like Americans. We always yell at the players.
2: <laughs> well, okay, they are. They're yelling at both Jared because oh. they also they left the stadium to go to the team hotel for Man United and basically block them from getting on their bus and leaving. So
0: they're yelling at everyone. Can I with security right, well, over
2: there?
1: You got people storming the field and
2: then other people who actually know where the hotel is? Where's the security over right. there? Well, that, that's like, the thing.
1: Like, they don't have guns.
2: Like, I was watching a different soccer game on NBCSN and they were doing split screen yes, of the fans was, on the field this game. I was watching game. that game too. And, and that was the biggest question the announcers kept asking. They were like... We know it's a pandemic, but like, where are the police or security? There's like a security, There's how a, did they just get on the field? There how was did that a happen?
3: Guy in a yellow security, um, like, uh poncho, and he watched a dude jump over a thing, grab a tripod, and throw it. Yeah, and oh, then he, but bro. he just stared at him like, yeah, you understand? Best, I'm not a police officer, right?
2: The the best Ed, the best was one of the guys on the field lost his shoe. And one of the security guards brought him his shoe.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yes. I mean, and we get that around here red and yellow security jacket, guys. There's got to be a level to those guys and gals who wear those jackets to say, okay, I'm kind of making minimum wage. I might hold a few people back, but if it gets rough here, I have nothing to do with this. (laughs) And I don't blame them to tell you the truth. If the ratio is more than two to one, I'm out. um. I'm out. I'm,
2: I'm going to open the gate for him. It's all yeah, good. All right. Of Here's your chance to win a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. We will take caller number six at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you'd like to win a copy of MLB The Show.
0: Yeah, it's not my favorite for sure. We like to keep her out of the spotlight, but she's an awesome lady, and I love having her support.
3: It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Poor Zach Wilson, not even the most famous person in his family after the NFL draft. But we're going to talk about the Golden Knights. Also, congratulations to Hamilton. Hamilton won a copy of MLB, the show for Xbox. Make sure you keep listening throughout the week. Wait, Jared, do we have more before I promise that? Do we have more MLB, the show to give out throughout the week? Yes, we do. Okay, keep listening throughout the week. The
3: the show is out now and is ready to play on both PlayStation and Xbox.
2: Okay, wanted to make sure we had more before I promised it. All right, now the Golden Knights. They play tonight, big game against Minnesota. They play tonight and Wednesday in Minnesota. These are between Vegas and Colorado. The only games they're playing against Minnesota. Colorado doesn't play any. Vegas has to play them twice. So the rest of those games are against the bottom of this uh, division. But... What I'm curious about is if the Golden Knights' roster problems could end up costing them first place. We've we've talked about this a lot throughout the season because they started the year playing games with only five defensemen and 13 forwards. That was because of the salary cap, and they were afraid to lose Keegan Colasar on waivers. And then throughout the year, they've played without a full lineup because whenever they get multiple injuries – they're screwed because of the salary cap. And they've played games with 11 forwards instead of 12 forwards. They've had Dylan Coglin, who's a defenseman, playing as a forward. They've played games recently with only two legitimate centers on the team. Alex Tuck was its center, technically, for their last game. And on Friday, they played with 11 forwards. And now Max Pacioretty got hurt on Saturday. Um, we haven't got an update yet on his availability for tonight's game. But what I'm fascinated by is George McPhee. Basically, George McPhee took a gamble this year and it might end up being perfect where once you get to the playoffs, the salary cap doesn't matter. So once you get to the playoffs, you can have a team that's technically like an illegal regular season team because you've got guys coming up, like say a Cody Glass or something like that, that don't, that's fine in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what their cap hit is. Once you get to the playoffs, you just have to get through the regular season under the salary cap. And that's sort of the game George McPhee is playing, where they knew that they were going to have games. If they had injuries or whatever, they were going to have games without a full lineup. And you could take that risk because they, I mean, this team was guaranteed a playoff spot from the moment the season started. But the one seed is still up for grabs. And if they get caught by Colorado and now Vegas has to play Minnesota in round one, because they lost some of these games without a full lineup that you can look back and say, George McPhee took a gamble and it didn't pay off because it cost them the one seed in the West.
1: Look, This is you overreacting again, once again, with the lineup, because I don't know if you knew this, but Twitter reminded me Alex Tuck won a draw the other night. So (laughs) he is now one for one on draws. So I'm okay with Alex Tuck being a center in the playoffs. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm pretty sure he lost one. I don't don't, don't think you can say he's one for one. I think he lost it. He might have lost one, but we didn't see that part on Twitter. 500 Um, hundred. would be the greatest batter of all time. (laughs) Darn right. He'd be great. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's going to be – here's the thing. Patch ready today – I have no idea what's going on with Ryan Reeves. We're getting emails. I was getting to the point where I get emails. What's wrong with Ryan Reeves? I'm like, I don't, how do I know what's wrong with this guy? They're never going to say anything. Um, it is interesting, though, as they go forward. That's why I said the other night, man, when it got 2-2 and Colorado had already won, I'm sitting there thinking, whoa, hold on now. This is going to two points, and it's really not over at that point. So I thought that was a huge win the other night to get that win um, and and keep it where it was. Uh yeah, I mean, Patchetti we'll see today. They've got injury issues now. What, do they have two weeks left to get everything settled? And maybe they'll be fine. But it does add some intrigue to, like you said, to a team that's been in the playoffs forever, and it was just about what seed they would get. They were never not making it. But if you're Colorado and you're healthy now, it appears, and your goalie's back and Rantanen's back and everyone's back, and the Golden Knights are kind of having some guys fall out, I think, I think you'd agree it makes things a little more interesting than maybe we thought – after the other night when the lead went to six with Colorado and we all had them win in the division. Now it kind of makes things a, few, a little interesting the next two weeks because we know how they have played against Minnesota. Like they have they, not been good against Minnesota. They are still
2: 64% likely to win the division.
1: Yeah, to win the division. Um,
2: according to Money Pucks. So they are still the favorite two out of three times. They win the division in this scenario. The real, I mean, here's the thing. The Golden Knights are going to lose a game before the end of the season. There's two keys. Number one, They're going to play Colorado one more time. That is obviously going to be a massive game. But the other part is Colorado simply not going undefeated the rest of the year. I know they play San Jose and L.A., so they play bad teams. But I don't believe the Avalanche are going to win every single game they play outside of the game against Vegas the rest of the year. If Colorado does, then Colorado's probably going to steal the one seat away. If they win the rest of their games, I just highly doubt they do. We just saw the Golden Knights go on a 10-game win streak and how remarkable that was, even though it was against all bad teams and then Colorado at the end, right? We saw that. Colorado basically has to do that to catch the Golden Knights, and I don't right, think right. that's going to happen. I mean, I guess the, the Golden Knights could actually lose all their games, and that would be a problem too, but I don't think that's happening either. So I that to me, though, there's two things. The head-to-head matchup is obviously huge, but outside of that, I just don't believe Colorado is going undefeated yeah. or even just losing one the rest of the way. Because that that would be a remarkable run, and if they do that, they probably deserve the one seed. And you just got to deal with it if you're Vegas.
1: I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I'm with you. I think they're going to lose more than one. Look, they almost they, they almost gave it up the other night to San Jose in in Colorado. Now I think they have to go two in San Jose. If I'm not mistaken, I, they're not going to go undefeated the rest of it. But neither are the Knights. I mean that that's not happening either. Like I said, two in Minnesota. If I'm the Knights and I get in a split in Minnesota, I'm happy you've yeah. not matched up against that team. And now Pacioretty's out. And now you're really talking about like it could it could be in danger to lose both there. So I'm with you. They're both going to lose games down the stretch. And if that happens, the Knights are going to win the division because it's just going to be too hard to overcome the points. But I, I think these these injuries with the Knights, whether they're serious or not, adds a little entry to what the playoff roster will look like and who's 100% healthy. Like we said, we know nothing about Pacioretty. Reeves has seemingly been out forever. I don't know the last time he played. Um that's why I think you're right in that I would look at Krebs. I mean, I think you have to be confident enough if you're Pete DeBoer that you're going to win enough, and Colorado's going to drop a game or two here. That you're going to the ultimate goal is to win the division, and then you kind of just hope everyone's healthy. But that's why I would look at Krebs for at least a few games, just in case you might actually need the guy. Yeah,
2: because if you look at this team center depth wise, they if they're fully healthy. They have centers. The problem is they don't have – they're not fully healthy. Tomasz Nosek and Nick Waugh right. haven't played the last two games, so we've seen Matthias Janmark and Alex Tuck being fake centers on that third line. And so, again, you're, you still have time here to get healthy before the playoffs start. But, it, but if you lose Nick Waugh, if you lose Tomasz Nosek, now you're talking about Cody Glass has to play and has to be productive or Peyton Krebs has to play. And be productive. So I think if it's possible here to end the season, like they should be playing Peyton Krebs. Because the other part of this is even with the division race here, I don't think playing Peyton Krebs, even if he's bad, I don't think it's going to cost you. The, like you're not going to lose a game and look back and say, oh, it's because they played Peyton Krebs no. for 12 minutes. If you
1: do like that, it. you've got more
2: issues than playing Peyton yeah. Krebs if you're looking back and saying you lost a game to of him. So I I don't think you can even I I don't even think it matters if the division's wrapped up or not. I I think you play him if you have the chance. Yeah. If you if, if you've got the opportunity, put him in the lineup. And again, I I'd have to look and see salary cap wise what they can actually do to call him up, But they might not. I don't think they technically would be able to unless somebody went on long-term IR. So, it might not I don't know if it's an option or not to in the regular season here, but Even in the playoffs, I think think I'm fine putting them in in the playoffs if you're not fully healthy. Like, if we get to the playoffs and Tomasz Nosek and Nick Waugh are not healthy and they've got to go to Cody Glass and Glass just isn't giving them production like they wanted to, like he did in the regular season, then there's to me I've got no problem with going to Peyton Krebs and giving Peyton Krebs a, 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 hey, here's your NHL debut, first round of the playoffs. And if you win the division and you're playing St. Louis, it's a lot easier to do that than if you come in second and you're playing Minnesota.
1: I agree with you, and I think uh, did Pat Pacioretty went out like in the second period the other night. He didn't come back on the ice. So yeah. hockey hockey injuries are so weird because you don't really see anything happen because I'm sure they go it's, back yeah. and see where it happened. Yeah. And there's so many oftentimes, like he doesn't come back on the ice, and you're just asking. now some you know, like when Howla got hurt, that was really bad. You knew it right away, like, oh, that's not good. But for the most part, when they don't come back, you start thinking, like, what happened to him? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's not it's different than other sports. You're like, oh, I exactly saw what happened there.
2: Yeah, almost every other sport, you see the injury yeah. and you see you the know. guy leave. In hockey, right. it's like people will post, "Here's his last shift." I yeah. didn't see anything, so who knows what happened to Max Pacioretty? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah,
1: it's it's bizarre how hockey is like.
2: Oh, we don't same know. Same thing happened got with
1: Marsha saw last week, uh, and yeah. you're like, what, "What happened to that guy?" Now he's not skating. You, you don't remember he played the entire game. He looked fine, and the next day, always oh, hurt.
2: Nobody has any idea
1: Alright, coming up next Ryan Wallace joins the show
2: He sh his pants
0: This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy I'm out Ryan, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you?
2: Good, I got an important question for you Oh no who is the third best healthy center for the Golden Knights right now?
0: Uh, okay. So the the real answer is I don't know. Um, it's not Alex Tuck. And I know why you asked. Oh, that come on. It's, it's probably Matthias Janmark, if we're all being honest.
1: Alex Tuck <laughs> won a draw the other night. He's got to be the guy
0: uh that's incorrect no it's just not Alex Duck.
1: <laughs> oh, okay
0: man. On,
2: on the idea of the roster sort of like the big picture here is the Golden Knights not necessarily not having any centers but they've kind of been doing this all year whether they've played games with five defensemen or played games down a forward or played Dylan Coghlan as yeah. a winger like they've kind of been playing with shorthanded lineups all year and it's been because well they were pushed up against the salary cap because of the way they built the team do you think that that has been like worth the risk for George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon to basically say hey we we might have some shorthanded games but our team's going to be good enough to make up for it and then once we're in the playoffs we'll be good to go
0: yeah, I mean, it's kind of proving itself out, right? Like, this is right now the, the best team in the Honda West division, and they could legitimately win the division when they've had essentially a shorthanded roster all season long. So um, I, I think that it is worth the risk, assuming where the Golden Knights are right now, and that they're going to have a full roster. They should have a full roster, barring any health injuries, that barring any injuries, um, come playoff time. So certainly it, it's worth the risk if you can get
1: uh, through
0: this season as well as the Golden Knights have.
1: I was uh, the other night and it, I tell me if you thought this, like when they won that, when it got to two, two and you saw the Colorado one, you're like, Uh Oh, this thing's going yeah. to two if they lose it. And then they're, I mean, then it's back in the conversation. You know, when they beat Colorado, everyone's writing and saying, I think it was deserving. Hey, this thing's over too much has to happen. But I mean, how big was that win the other night? Because if that got to two,
0: then they're like, now it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge, obviously, within the context of the Golden Knights trying to win the division. But I, I, they can't have many off games down the stretch. Like, they've got one more with Colorado in which Colorado can make up the, some points. And then, you know, the the schedule is a lot kinder to the avalanche over the course of, of their final stretch than it is to the golden knights vegas has to play minnesota and st louis and then colorado and they've only got one game against the middling team and that's being kind in san jose at the end so i mean all these points are incredibly important for the golden knights yes it was great to get the win in colorado but they've still got to continue to roll through the end of the season in order to win the division
2: how big of a difference do you think it is if this team has to play minnesota versus st louis in the first round
0: I don't think it's that big of a difference. Like I, I understand the the frustration with having to play Minnesota, but the fact of the matter is we view the Golden Knights as Stanley Cup contenders. And this is not to be disrespectful to the Minnesota Wild who have played incredibly well this season, who have probably been a little bit ahead of schedule if we're all being honest with ourselves. If the Golden Knights have trouble or cannot beat Minnesota, then they are not Stanley Cup contenders. And that's just kind of the reality of the situation. So I'm not concerned about Minnesota because I think the Golden Knights can figure out a way to beat them in a seven-game series, and I think they can do it without being pushed to the brink of elimination in a seventh game. I think they're better than Minnesota, and I think they figure out Minnesota starting with the games tonight.
1: Uh, knowing the matchups, uh, w- what percentage would you give? Now let's just go over to the other side what percentage would you give an upset of Minnesota-Colorado? Uh,
0: I, I don't – see, that's the thing. Like, I I, I think Minnesota's good, but I, I don't think that they're as good as Colorado or, or Vegas. Now, do they have a chance in a seven-game series? Absolutely. Could Kirill Kaprizov go off, and could they get good enough goaltending? For sure. With Colorado, I think there's a, a bigger – a bigger risk for there to be an upset than there would be for Vegas because simply if Philip Grubauer goes down with an injury or he can't go for Colorado, they're not good enough at goal. Devin Dubnik Mm -hmm. addressed a need, but it's not Robin Leonard or Marc-Andre Fleury. So I'm always concerned about the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs because they just don't have the goaltending depth, I think, to be able to win.
2: Uh, To jump ahead to a potential second-round matchup, uh, this year when the Golden Knights have played the Avalanche, the main line that has been used against Nathan McKinnon has been the William Carlson line. And I'm just curious your thoughts on that, why Pete DeBoer would use that line instead of the Mark Stone line.
0: Well, I I think that, you know, in terms of dynamic offense, your best line to score is Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and Chandler Stephenson. They've been doing it all year they're clearly the the line that Pete DeBoer relies on for offense. So, you know, if you put the focus for that line on shutting down Nathan McKinnon, there really isn't much else that you can do because you're, you're focused too much on the defensive aspect of the game. I do think that you can get away with kind of using both lines against McKinnon, but I think that speed plays a factor. William Carlson, Riley Smith, those two guys can really get around the ice, and they can make life difficult on Nathan McKinnon, especially when it comes to back pressure and, and getting those gaps under control.
1: Uh, keep seeing these updates on terms of who's going to win these awards, and obviously every time Fleury wins, he's tying or surpassing somebody in terms of the all-time list. He's about to be three overall. Does that? Do you think the GMs, will that play into anything in their thoughts if he has to go head-to-head against Vasilevsky in terms of
0: who's going to win the Vesna? I mean, I, I think that there's going to be strong consideration for Marc Andre Fleury. I, I just don't know because the rotation has been well established now for over a month. I, that, you know, when you compare that to what Vasilevsky's done, it's going to be a hard sell, I think. Like, I believe that these types of awards, the that should go to the best goalie in the league currently. Is Marc-Andre Fleury better than Andre Vasilevsky right now? I I don't know. And that's going to be up to the voters. Like, that's going to be up to the GMs to kind of figure out. But I do think there's going to be a strong push for Marc-Andre Fleury this season for the Vesna.
2: Please put the following players in order of most playoff points this year. Cody Glass, Peyton Krebs, Ryan Reeves.
0: Oh, man. It always worries me when you ask when you ask me questions. Like always, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go Peyton Krebs. Oh one. wow! Oh wow! I'm gonna go Cody Glass two. I'm gonna go Ryan Reeves three. So you
2: obviously think Peyton Krebs is gonna get a legitimate look in the playoffs for the Golden
0: Knights. I think that it's possible. I just I guess kind of what's informing my decision is that I'm not sure Cody Glass is going to get a, a long look for the Golden Knights in the playoffs. So yeah, I'll go Peyton Krebs there. Go off the board. <laughs> Hot take. And isn't it, is. it more isn't it more
1: at this point that Krebs should get a lip? At this point, if you have him on the taxi squad and you don't know about injuries, and it seems like like the other night, Pat we were talking about before you came on, we have no clue when that guy got hurt. He just wasn't on the bench. It seems in hockey you get more and more of that. Like, what happened to that guy? Because he looked fine. Like, wouldn't you take a strong look at Krebs at this point if you think you're going to win the the division because you might just need him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think that you have anything to lose in this situation. Like, you've got a player who had a really, really strong junior year. And he's on the taxi squad, so why not give him a look? And it's also a player that was around the team during their time in the bubble and practicing and, and really putting in the work. So you have an opportunity here before the playoffs start to kind of see what this player could be or what he is right now at the NHL level. I say go for it.
2: Can you give us a prediction on how many forwards they play with tonight?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> hold, hold on. Uh, media availability is not for like another 45 minutes, so I can't give you a legitimate indication of how many forwards to play with. But listen, it wouldn't necessarily shock or surprise me if they were uh, a forward short today.
2: Just, I mean, I, I, if they're just one short, I think you take it. I think you might be more worried they might be two short today.
0: I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, right?
2: <laughs> I'm waiting for the Golden Knights to be the first team to play with just three forward lines for an entire game. <laughs>
0: They might be better that way. Like they might be better just kind of rolling three lines instead of, you know, trying to spot in two extra players. Is it
2: somehow against the rules to let Flurry skate as a winger?
0: I would imagine so, yeah. Oh man.
2: Even if you who's who's the who's the taxi goalie right now? Is it Logan Thompson at the moment? Even if you made Logan Thompson the actual backup, can Flurry <laughs> just become a winger for a game?
0: Would that count? You know, like, if he scored, would that be his goalie goal or no? Like, like if he scores, in the NHL. It might be more offensive than any other. I was going to say. Goal, I, he, I he think it might be see better. The same way about it.
2: I mean, I, it's different, but I think it would be better if you legitimately played him as a forward and yeah. he scored on a goalie. On a, like, there's right. a goalie in net and he scores. I think that's better if you put Flurry out there and he scores.
0: So if Flurry was was a winger. And he scored a goal. What would the goal look like?
1: Oh. Is he wearing all his equipment? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Which would nice. be actually much better if he was. <laughs> dressed,
0: that would be awesome. <laughs> he's dressed as a skater? No, no, no. But I mean, like, oh. would he would he go in on a breakaway and deke the goalie? Would it be a slap <laughs> shot? Like, what would that goal look like, given Mark Andre Fleury's personality? Oh,
2: given his uh, personality, it is definitely a breakaway where he deeks around a poke check and just finishes an it in, into check.
1: an in, into an open net. <laughs> oh man, I was so hoping- and, and then he goes around the poke check and then pokes it in himself. Yes. I, like two pokes.
3: I was was I the only one that was hoping that it was it looked, like it started as a windmill save and then the other team's goalie actually <laughs> throws it into the back of the net.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Or or Mark Audrey just takes his hand off the stick and throws his left arm like a windmill and then geeks around a poke check and then dives on the ground to poke the puck in that would be beautiful. Oh, that would be awesome.
2: I, I'm here for it. He might be he might be a legitimate option at third line wing tonight if everybody's injured for the Golden Knights. He is Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy and listen to him over on the BGK Insider show and Pre-game, intermission, and post-game show for Golden Knights games on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys.
0: All
2: right, uh, coming up. I next. do want. Oh. I do
1: want him scoring wearing his entire goalie gear.
2: Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. That'd be I think awesome. what, what, it's a penalty if the goalie skates past. I think it's center ice, um, oh, so you can't. He can't actually do that. But maybe he can oh, skate super. him right to right to center ice with a puck and shoot oh, it one day. That'd be it'd great. be great. It, it would been. be.
3: That whole segment just deformed into us torturing Ryan, the hockey guy.
2: <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit.
3: Is that sort of what all of our segments have deformed into yeah. us? Us yeah. bringing guests on so that you yes. two can beat them up? Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we started when we, when we got paired up together. We started with, well, we're going to have Cassie on every week to make fun of her. And we, that's yes. kind of bled into everybody else we talk to on a regular basis. All right. Coming up next. Our sharp keeps winning because he keeps picking against the Sabres.
0: It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
2: Michael is up to three in a row, uh, picking all hockey. So, Michael, where would you like to go for today's pick?
0: I'm going to pick. The Islanders, big the shocker. Uh,
2: they are playing the Sabres. Good pick. All right. <laughs> so we've got you in for the Islanders against the Sabres. Let's see. The Islanders, oh, minus 250. Big favorites. All right. Uh, good luck, Michael. We think you'll get thank another you. one, and you'd be up to four in a row, and we would be talking to you again tomorrow. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, no Michael. Worries. Bye.
1: He can just lock in the, the same. Sabres. He can lock in the same pick for tomorrow because the Islanders beat or play the Sabers again. So we just lock them in for Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Wednesday when the yeah. Sabers finally have an <laughs> off day. Okay.
2: Now, more importantly, Ed from the weekend, the mm. biggest sporting event of the weekend, our Western Sydney Wanderers beat Sydney FC three to two. What a win. And that means that Sydney FC still has not beaten Western Sydney Wanderers since December 15th of 2018. Since then, there have been six meetings. Western Sydney has won three, and there have been three draws. But the best part of this game is that Sydney FC, they were better. They had a legitimate chance to actually tie this game. They're down 3-1. They missed a penalty in the 87th minute. They scored to make it 3-2 in, like, the 92nd minute. And then they drilled the crossbar in the 95th minute. Like, we absolutely escaped with a win here, but we still got the win. And
1: Steven can suck it. Sydney FC cannot beat Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah. This is a good update because I didn't know if we rooted for the Wanderers or FC. Oh, my God. (laughs) We've been through this. Okay, so we're the Wanderers. You are the
2: worst Australian A-League soccer fan in the world.
1: Yeah, and I, I assume I say by saying "suck at Stephen," he likes the other guys. Oh yes, God. where have you okay. been, Ed? The whole reason right. we pick the whole okay. reason we pick the Western Sydney Wanderers
2: <laughs> is because Stephen, our Australian listener, is a Sydney FC fan. That's the whole reason we this. picked this team.
1: Yeah, just can't keep up with this stuff. It's, it's not, not that hard, Steven, Suck it, suck it, Steven. There, there, we, go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We beat you. So that's a. That's I'll come a back tomorrow point. with an Australian accent. Perfect.
2: Um, you'll have to come up with an Australian name too, because I don't think Eamon's yes. gonna or Eamon's gonna work. Yes. Um, I mean, it might. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it's true. So okay, our playoff position right now: the top six in Australia make the playoffs. We're currently in seventh. We have 28 points. The sixth place team also has 28 points, but they've only played 18 games. We've played 20. So we've played two more games, which is not good Ah, for our playoff outlook. Um, I I believe there are a few more games left. I'd have to see how many exactly there are left in the season. But uh, not looking great still for our playoff hopes, but that was a big win to keep them alive. Because if they lose that one, they're pretty much done for making the playoffs.
1: Wait, are you telling me – we're behind, and they have two in hand. They have two more matches? Uh, we Okay,
2: we have the same amount of points as Western United. Okay, But Western United has played two fewer games. So and the Western top six United, make it? And the top six make it, yes. And uh, Western we United no is currently in sixth. Yes, Now, no, no chance. No. MacArthur is in fifth. They have also played 20 games but have 29 points. So they're only one point ahead of us with the same amount of games played. So we probably have a better chance at catching MacArthur than we do Western. Um, but also a problem, the team right behind us is Brisbane. They have 27 points, one behind us. They have three games in hand. So they could very easily pass us as well. I don't think we're making it.
1: Have the Lights played yet? No, they play Wednesday. Oh, but, Aren't oh, you excited? Okay.
3: Tyler can give us a USL update because he is an official voter for the USL play of the week. So Tyler, can you give us a USL update?
2: Where's my email so I can vote on that. Um, I cannot give you a USL update because I only watch lights FC when it comes to the USL, but uh, don't tell the people that I vote for about that. But uh, I can tell you that they play on Wednesday. LAFC just played on over the weekend and LAFC plays again on the weekend, so that's good news because they will not play at the same time as Lights FC. Meaning, this could be one of the stronger rosters that Lights FC gets oh, from
1: LAFC hey. in their season opener. You know what the great thing is? We have an opening at Wednesday seven thirty, and the cool thing would be if they booked a the lights guest, but we had no idea who it is because nobody knows who's going to be on the team. <laughs> so, like. You'd bring him on and say, here's a uh, Las Vegas Lights player, and the guy would have to say his name, and then you, we'd ask him questions.
3: Google him as fast as you possibly can. Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. i put myself on mute, and I'd be Googling him.
2: Oh, no, no, I'll, uh, I'll have it handled. I got a whole spreadsheet of the roster Jimmy. to try to figure out who's going to play, so I'll have it handled. <laughs> no worries here. So, Lights FC play on Wednesday. Big game, obviously. They're all big. They're going to make the playoffs. Probably not, but hopefully they can make the playoffs. For once in this franchise's life. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, we'll see who they play. Here's, cause the problem with this whole LAFC setup is LAFC controls the roster. And like yeah. when there's injured players, it kind of depletes the guys that LAFC could actually send down to play for Lights FC. So we'll see. Also, LAFC plays LA Galaxy over the weekend. So that's going to be their main priority, not sending guys to play in, play for Vegas on Wednesday. So. Uh. We'll see. But it is. I'll say this. Lights FC are playing LA Galaxy 2 on Wednesday in LA. So it's a home game.